it's not like it's one of those what color is your parachute assessments where it tells you what to go do. It's more like how you do everything. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the one, the only, the greatest podcast on the planet Earth. That's right, folks. Thematics. My name is Andy Sokolovich. I'm a Gallup certified strength coach and the owner of a coaching practice nestled right here in the small Midwest town called Clinton, Iowa. Thematics is a podcast series created to highlight the massive impact the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment has had on now over 12 million people. Grace, I think we're getting close to 13. 13 I'm not on my A game today like I was last interview. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> distracted because I'm excited about having Lisa on the show. But uh, if you want to do me a favor, Grace, cruise on over to gallopstrengthcenter.com and check out and see how many people have actually taken the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment. So for more information or to schedule yourself an interview, that's right. You too can be on Thematics. All that Grace and I need is for you to love your top five, love your themes, and want to talk about them. Go ahead and shoot me an email, Andy at UnleashStrengths.com, or give me a call, 815-441-2219. Be sure to cruise on over to UnleashStrengths.com, click on that subscribe button, and for doing so, you'll get yourself a nice fresh copy of a PDF ebook, Five Steps to Kickstart Your Top Five, written by yours truly. My co-host, as always, the one, the only, what should I say this time? <laughs> How about the music loving? The music loving Grace Lacanti. <laughs> Grace owns Lacanti Consulting. You can find more about Grace's practice over at lacanticonsulting.com. That's L A C O N T E consulting.com. And Grace works hard to provide managers and teams with strengths based guidance and leadership principles. Grace, what's going yeah. on? I can't believe how many songs we've already hummed. In the pre-show banter with Lisa, her guest for today. So we talked about, um, was it, oh, what a beautiful morning. Was oh, that one of them? No, that wasn't. That wasn't one of them, <laughs> was it? Because I can't one. sing in that range. And that then there's, it's a beautiful day, Lisa. Yeah, was that just, one of them? Yeah. Well, yeah. And you had the U2 version. I had it's that. I don't know who day. sings it. Do, yeah. Do, that was, a, that was better than mine. <laughs> mine was that, it's a beautiful morning, but I don't nice. know. Who does that. Look out. America's got yeah, talent. We, we talked about, um, live, working on the railroad. My husband works at the railroad company. So all the live long day. There's just tons <laughs> of songs pouring out over here. So oh, man, it's going to be a is, fun show. This is great. And I was stuff. thinking of that Johnny Cash song that pick up that hammer, pick up that. And you hear the clink, you know, that's way back. Man, I should have. We're gonna have to put together a, a playlist or a track playlist. list for this for this episode. So uh, that voice you hear in the background is none other than the one, the only Lisa Cummings. Lisa is a strengths coach, and she does some amazing things with both her practice as a strengths coach and some great public speaking opportunities that she's been able to take on uh, that I've been able to see at least through social media. And we're excited to have her on the show today, Lisa. Go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience. Let them know what you're about, what you've been doing, and then go ahead and reveal your top five. Well, thanks for having me. And I am coming to you from Austin, Texas. And I, like Grace and Andy, I help teams boost their productivity by focusing on their strengths, finding their natural talents and putting them to use. And most of the time I'm doing that through training and speaking. So this is just work that I adore. We're all going to geek on strengths today. And the top five for me are strategic, maximizer. Oh, Grace, we're going to talk about that one. And positivity, individualization, and woo. 
Nice. I like to see that woo falls in there. That's that's my bread and butter right there. Woo woo. <laughs> so Lisa, who introduced you to Strengths Finder and why? How did this kind of ever enter your list of I mean you said you were a professional before, you were doing some coaching, but how did strengths become something you want to add to the mix? Well, I started out kind of as a hack. So I found Strengths Finder after reading First Break All the Rules in 1999 and a few late, few years later uh, I was in a role where I managed managers for the first time, kind of scared me, and I wanted to do a good job. So I read that, and then I also found Now Discover Your Strengths. So fast forward a few years between First Break All the Rules and when I took that role on. So I reread that, found Now Discover Your Strengths, did that with my team, just bought everybody the book and talked about it. And it it really hit home for me. It hit home for them. No surprise that with individualization being in my top five, that it just made sense to me that people could be at their best if you found their best attributes. So I feel like that was my secret sauce in being able to feel competent in that role right away. So Lisa, I, I did do the numbers on how many people have taken this assessment. It's 12,991,543. So we've got 8,457 people left before we hit the 13 million mark. And Lisa, we were, we were talking before the show, but all three of us have found a tremendous amount of help from this assessment. Yet, as you mentioned, when you walk around and talk to new people with your woo, right? Hey, have you heard of Strengths Finder? And they're like, Strengths what? <laughs> Why do you think that is? That 13 million potentially people, but I'm thinking maybe some people take it twice or three times. So many people have heard of it. And yet when we walk around communities or organizations, people haven't heard. So what do you think the reason is? I mean, in part, I think it's just a big, big world with so much stuff competing for our attention. And so it's the total focus for us. And it's amazing that people haven't heard of it yet. Now I've heard enough people go, huh, that I think, um, or that sounds interesting, but what is it? So now I just have that realization that, yes, just people haven't seen it, haven't heard of it. And then sometimes the people do hear of it and they're like, oh yeah, I took the strengths finder, like, or they'll call it strength finders, uh, seven years ago. And it sounded pretty cool. And you ask what they've done with it and they're like, well, not that much. It was pretty cool. And then I put it in the drawer like Andy did. So uh, yeah, I just think there are so many things competing for attention and that whether they've taken it or not, life keeps happening and they get distracted from it. And it takes a real practice and focus to make this part of your day, make this part of your world. And then it can really change things. Yeah, absolutely. I think we were discussing with a guest and I don't remember what interview it was. I believe it was one with my good friend, Nathan Sangroth, the Clinton Area Chamber of Commerce president. But he said, you know, StrengthsFinder really makes an impact in somebody's life when they need it to. And for me, it found me at kind of a low point. And it was the perfect thing that I needed, that that kind of that foothold to be able to start to lift myself up kind of out of that low part of my life where I was struggling to figure out who I wanted to be as a professional. And I mean, it made such a huge impact on me. That's my desire to become a coach. But like you said, everybody knows my dark secret. I looked at my assessment and I stuffed it in a desk drawer for the better part of a year before I actually <laughs> took it out, yeah, blew so off true. the cobwebs. That's, that dark side thing is kind of fascinating too. And that's how it was for me as well, that I really used it. Besides the when I wanted to be a, a good manager of managers and it just kind of scared me. That was one of those, how can I do this? How can I not fail the team? But then outside of that, every time I've reconnected with it deeply, it was 
uh, in a low point when I needed it. Was it like that for you, Grace? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Have you listened to my interview? Yeah. <laughs> well, it was, I think it was interview number three or four, right, Andy? Was yeah, you were, an early, you were an early adopter. Early adopter. Well, you, oh, so what happened no, was Andy, so. there was this, uh, this group, uh, you know, the Gallup uh, Strengths Finder kind of support group, I guess, <laughs> on Facebook. Um, and there weren't that many back then. This was like a year and a half ago. So Andy had just started the idea of this podcast and he was putting the word out. Like, who wants to be interviewed? Anybody want to be on the show? And no one had. I was really begging, said much. begging yeah. people to be <laughs> on the show. And I actually <laughs> felt bad for you, Andy. <laughs> oh, thanks. I was oh. like, this poor guy. Somebody needs to be on it because there's very few people saying anything. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> I guess I'll offer. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. But what I what I spoke about in the interview was, um, yeah, I had a totally transformative experience. Lisa. And I think part of it was because when I took it, I had a friend um, who was in the same industry that I was in, medical transcription. It's part of medical records and um, what became electronic record management, electronic health records. It's really been transformed with the computerization of healthcare data. But back when I was working in it, we basically listened to physician dictation and transcribed it on a computer system. And it was very manual. Mm -hmm. So we were using our brains and our fingers to, you know, hear things and then put them into a document form that became part of the permanent medical record. And one of my friends was like, I just took this assessment. It really, really helped me with just how I see things. And I'm like, okay, sure, I'll take it. But it wasn't until someone else inspired me. And I think that's that's the word. I'd love to hear you talk about your experience, too. Someone had to tell me that it, it's not just a test. It's not just, a, you know, four letters or, you know, it's not just um, a list of things. That it can actually start to transform how you describe yourself and what makes things work in your mind as opposed to someone else's mind. It's It's helped me connect things that would have been very difficult for me to get through in life otherwise. So I've, I've regained friendships and relationships with people that would never have been that close to me if it hadn't been for this oh, wow. assessment. Yeah, it's just been incredible. So I give a lot of credit to the people who, like Andy, who inspired me to see this in a way that's beyond just another assessment. So Lisa, did you have an experience like that as well, that something just sparked your need to get more information? Well, you know, because I had heard of it through the book, Now Discover Your Strengths, and used it with the team. I guess I just got lucky that I made up my own methodology for how to discuss it with them and got lucky that it had a, a big impact. It was, kind. I didn't really understand, though, that phenomenon you're talking about here, where it's not like it's one of those what color is your parachute assessments where it tells you what to go do. It's more like how you do everything. Mm -hmm. And that has been more of a recent few years kind of understanding where I go, oh my gosh, this applies to everything in life and how you approach everything you do if you let it. And yeah, so I had a little different. My aha moments were more like having uh, bad experiences at work and then reconnecting with it and it giving me the opportunity to see where I need to be. So you mentioned that you work with managers as or you used to work as a manager of managers, Lisa, right? Yeah. Was the I've done the same. I've managed teams, I've managed managers, I've managed all sorts of different groups of people. I think one thing that was very frustrating to me was that I couldn't get people to hear what I needed them to know 
it made sense to me and it made sense to people like me, but I could not get through to the maximizers and the deliberatives. And now I have a word for it. <laughs> and now I know how to translate things and know that, oh, okay, if I'm being too aggressive with my activator, people are going to really put the brakes on even more. You know? Yeah. Or my positivity might just be way too much for people who need to process it intellectually. And I, I can't make them happy, you know? <laughs> so it was that kind of how you, you started to see your team in a different way once everyone had these words to describe them? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, it helped, it, it kind of like many things in life, you know, I process it first, uh, applying it to myself. And I felt like, okay, I see why I have certain preferences and I started understanding why some things are easy for me and tough for others. And then the opposite, some things are tough for me, but easy for others. And, uh, helped me and me see this for my team about just focusing on what fuels rather than what drains. And um, yeah, I mean, things like you just mentioned, positivity. I have positivity high. It's in my top five. And realizing that, oh, if I just go with a, a rah-rah statement, which isn't how I view it, I just think you have to believe that things can work out if you want them to work out kind of in a self-fulfilling prophecy kind of way. And it feels so much better to view it and flip it from the perspective of what you want rather than what you don't. So it just feels natural to me that that's how you approach things. And I realize, yeah, those who have more of the deliberative or an analytical bent or things like that on the team would be looking at me thinking, she is so naive. She has no idea what she's talking about. She can't <laughs> see the reality of the world. So I learned how to recognize that they needed to hear I get it. Here's the reality. I've considered it. And knowing that this is still the way I'm going to go at it and being able to just acknowledge that I know those risks are there. I know that stuff exists. And yeah, there's a big bad world out there. And I'm still going to view it this way. Just the acknowledgement made a huge difference because then they see, oh, it's not just a, you know, some goofball who can't see the realities of the world. Oh, yeah. Andy, can I ask you a question? Of course. I'm an open book. All right. Would you, uh, how would you say that StrengthsFinder has helped you to, um, to mature in your management? I know that you've mentioned, I don't manage anyone, but I just wrote an ebook about how to minimize the stress of being a manager. And I think to, to me that describes anybody who's in charge of projects or people or processes. Right. It's any of those three. So technically you are a manager of quite a lot of things. Would you say that this, um, the assessment of StrengthsFinder has helped you to mature? your ability to manage things in a better way? Yeah, absolutely. I'll revert back to what Lisa said. It's acknowledgement. And I think really what StrengthsFinder has allowed me to do was really acknowledge my areas of lesser talent and not only to just internally acknowledge them, but verbally acknowledge them. And when I'm with a group and we're trying to move towards a common goal or you know we're focused on a desired outcome, I will be the first one to say, hey, listen, I may talk too much, just to let you guys know. Do not feel bad to stop me and say, okay, Andy, we want to hear from so-and-so. I'm not going to take it, you know, I'm not going to be offended by it. That's really what allowed me to mature. And you know what? That feeling is is so intense when you can do that because there'd be times where I'd walk out of a meeting and then you'd hear somebody talk sidebar that, oh, man, Andy <laughs> talked a lot during that meeting. I mean, he, nobody said that my comments were where I was just blabbing or anything like that, but they'd say, he talked a lot. He really needs to be heard, and my significance sits at number seven. So yes, I kind of do need to be heard, but when I was able to acknowledge that verbally to the entire group, it was a permission for me to say, okay, I'm kind of weak here. Feel free to shut me up. And also, 
I'm not going to be offended. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that answer your question? I, th- I just think all three of us have this common passion and background in management. And Andy, I totally think that you're part of this conversation just because we manage things. We manage projects. We manage people sometimes. The, the fact that we have to be responsible for things is so much different than where I was a few years ago. You know, yeah, when absolutely. I wasn't in a management role, there were not these pressures that I feel that, you know, I've had to adjust and mature in. So understanding my strengths has helped me become such a better manager because I can I can put words and describe how other people see things so that I don't put more pressure on them or expect things that are impossible. You know, you can't expect someone with consistency to just move mountains quickly (laughs) or, you know, someone with significance, you can't expect them to not want to take some responsibility and be acknowledged for their work. And after you get over the initial part of only being able to see this stuff in yourself, because it's kind of the first step, you know, you have to get really familiar with your own. Then when you can really be watching and noticing, what do other people need? And how do the, how can I help them bring their talents to light? I mean, whether you're a manager or just a good human, and you want to help people be at their best, once you can start noticing, man, it is so powerful because you see, oh, you know, I'm communicating in a way that's not going to reach that person because that's not what they need to hear to be able to move forward. Lisa, do you use that tool that Gallup provided their certified coaches called the best of us? Absolutely. I what really you enjoy need, that. What you bring. Yeah. yeah. That's a conversation. And actually, uh, here I rent an office space in the Clinton Area Chamber of Commerce and their CEO actually started using that tool as part of his... Um, I'm trying to dig outside of my military bracket and think about what you call it as a civilian when you do your annual <laughs> review, I guess. Performance review. Performance yeah. reviews. Boom. There you go. Um, I use a lot of military terms and people will email me and go, don't know what that means. Uh, so I have to make sure. But the <laughs> okay, performance review. The big review, quiz then is, does, do you always say the word post instead of after? Correct. Post this interview. Correct. I do. <laughs> I do. Uh, absolutely. And I do. You use acronyms all the time, Andy. <clears throat> well, and I use the 24 hour clock. I prefer military time. Oh, yeah, yeah. So whenever there I send are out. There's to that. There's, yes. it's, it's amazing how well it works. There's no. And mm. if I could, I use Zulu time, which is an international, which is the mm. uh, Greenwich Mean Time. So that's the same time no matter where you are in the world. Uh, so it's kind of nice, but you derailed me, Lisa. You derailed me. <laughs> I, I was thinking about International Strengths Finder training and how great it is when you travel somewhere else and you can speak in military time because that's how the rest of the world tells time. Yeah, no? Or you interview Absolutely. people from Greenwich Mean Time where it would be zero o'clock for them or whatever. Yeah. 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 Anyway, we, we, have, we have interviewed people from all over the place, but I think, Andy, let's get back to the best of us. Please describe what that tool is because I am not familiar with it. Yeah. So the best of us is that a graceful grace. Great. It was. <laughs> what graceful. is it? <laughs> uh, so grace, uh, what am I? So yeah, the best of us, you guys got me all over the place now. The best of us is a, is a neat little tool because it allows the person to really sit back and reflect on what they need from you in order to be the best version of themselves. So for instance, I'll take my communication as, as my number, uh, strategic futuristic woo ideation communication, my number five. I'll take that as an example. I need the opportunity to speak. So the worst thing you can do for me is to say, go sit down in that cubicle, shut up in color, do what you're told, clock in, clock out. Nobody really cares about your opinion. And now that's the extreme, but that right there is debilitating for me. Not having the opportunity to just speak with people to brainstorm, to move forward. 
And this tool really allows individuals to kind of share that information with hopefully their manager or their supervisor, because it could be something as small as five minutes a day of a request saying, I need your time in order to speak to you because if I don't get a chance to speak to you first thing in the morning, I really don't have a sense of direction of what I'm supposed to do for the rest of the day. Yeah, so I enjoy that tool. I use it in all my coaching, uh, both presentations. If I do public speaking, I like to throw that one out if there's time allows just to get people talking about it because you do not have to know your top five in order to make that an effective use of your time. So, Yeah, that's another reason why that one's so great because they can think about what they need or what they bring. That's another great one. When you get this with a room of people who are teammates Mm -hmm. and they hear what others need, they go, oh, that's why this happens. Or the I bring things like I can contribute to the team that other people may not know about. And then they sit around, have this discussion and look at each other. Wow, that person can contribute that. That would be so easy to allow and offer that opportunity to somebody and make our team better. And we've just been blind to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happened the other day. I was in a room and it was uh, about 16 individuals. And the one woman said, you know what I'm really good at? And I said, what? She said, grant writing. And she goes, I don't know. I'm just really good at grant writing. Every grant I've ever wrote has been successful. And then her manager wow. turned to her and said, we're always outsourcing grant writing. Yeah, and and up, she man. said, yeah, but I've told everybody time and time again that I'm good at grant writing. And it wasn't until we were in that setting where the manager actually acknowledged that he was he was, there was an untapped resource right there in front of them and they were spending extra money to have somebody else do this. And it was amazing how quickly, but it's weird because she had spoken to this gentleman before and he really didn't take any interest in it. But when they're at a setting, they're actually hire somebody to come and speak with them and help facilitate a conversation. Then everybody wants to listen. So I've been in situations like that though. I mean, I've, I've managed people that offered something in a setting where we were focused on a different task and, because of the way it was presented, it was almost a passing comment, and I didn't ever link that to their ability to actually present things in a different. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so sometimes the setting may not be right, or um, the way that people present it may be meek and quiet. And so, if the manager or director is not ready to receive that information, sometimes it just gets glossed over. There's just so much coming at you when you're a manager. So, um, yeah, sometimes I think. If you're, if you're, if people listening are um, interested in providing something based on your strengths and you haven't been heard, it might be a good idea to um, present it in a more formal way. You know, write it up as a potential project idea and then present it formally to your manager because otherwise they just may be so overwhelmed that they can't, you can't get their attention otherwise. Oh, so true. Just the moment. I mean, that happens with families all the time too, where someone goes, Hey, you just heard, I, I've been saying that for 10 years. It's just somebody else said it a different way. I think that's kind of the phenomenon that happens where they're in this different context and they realize, Oh, that person really meant that or really cared about that. And I dismissed it because I just didn't think it was that big of a deal. I never heard that before. Well, cause it just <laughs> didn't, it didn't come through their channel the right way in my brain, you know? Yeah. yeah. Change yeah, the yeah. station and you're good. Oh, man. But yeah, when you do connect those, Andy, like you said, the grant writer ability just wasn't tapped, right? So all these years, she had this ability that's so valuable, but no one could really put the pieces together and connect that her ability could be used in that way, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, communication was very high for her, and she had a very strong ability to communicate things effectively. 
And um, especially when it comes to grant writing, I mean, as you know, if you ever filled one out, you don't get a ton of space sometimes to communicate your message. So she was very, very talented at that. And hopefully she's continued to do that even after I left. But hope that considered, you know, the boss said, yeah, you should continue doing this. So Lisa, you encourage people all the time to take this assessment. Obviously you do because you love it. It's part of your business. How do you explain to people what it is, what it measures and how they can actually apply it in their everyday life? Yeah, you're you're so right. And and that was I feel pretty happy to say that. Just thousands of people have taken it because of events I've held and that's been really cool to see just that part. Um I it, here's something that I just think is really great. I, I do end up explaining it a lot via introductory emails because the way it goes to my clients is it's pre-work before we do a training class, sometimes before a speech, depending on whether the numbers are giant. But because I haven't met them yet, it's an email introduction to what it is. And one thing I do, because I don't want it to be a really long and boring email, I put a link in there. It's kind of like, if you're an assessment skeptic and you want to know what in the world this thing is and whether you should care about it, click here. And then I have a separate video and introduction about what it is, where it came from, and why it's really cool. So that's how I handle it uh, because some people just don't care. They're like, yay, another assessment. And then some people go, eh, you know, what is this? And you're going to try to put me in a box of four and I don't want it. Right. And so the people <laughs> who think, oh, you're going to try to, you know, put me in a box, then they get to link out and go, hey, look, the likelihood that you and somebody else have the same top five is one in 33 million. It really honors the fact that you're a complex human. So they love seeing that and it gives a little something to everyone. Yeah. So you're speaking right to those deliberative, maybe yeah. belief, <laughs> the yeah. people that tend to drag their feet and not want to take it. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely met with people like that too. And I used to think, what's wrong with you? Why can't you just move forward, go with the program? And then I, <laughs> I realized... Well, that's not a very sensitive way to look at people's needs. There's something deeper that's causing them to mistrust this. And we've talked about that in other episodes, right, Andy? Like, yeah, absolutely. We can't it's convince everyone, but well, I was exactly. a I was a hard sell. I mean, I was mm -hmm. I did not want to, the word assessment really only made me think of, you know, when I returned back from Iraq, I had to take all these different assessments to basically ask me all these questions, make sure I was mentally capable of going back to work. So that was really my only interaction with the word assessment. And then when I got wow. became a civilian and I started my business and my one of my mentors approached me with his book in hand called StrengthsFinder 2.0 and he said, on the back there's a code, scratch it off like a lottery ticket, log in and take this assessment. I mm -hmm. really want, nope, not going to mm -hmm. do it, dude. Like I don't care how bad it gets. There's nothing that an assessment can tell me that's going to make me realize that I'm good at some things and I maybe need to redistribute where I'm applying my time and my efforts. You know, now obviously I've shoved my foot in my mouth by saying that to him back back in the day because I'm obviously a huge fan of it. But it is no matter who I work with, there's always going to be that couple of minutes that you have to spend kind of selling them on the fact that this is something that they need um, and how it actually works. And that's I'm not a numbers guy. Like I don't sit back and look through and highlight all the numbers and the and the statistics and all the the different things that are incorporated into the report that Gal provides you that actually shows the science behind it. 
I just love that it works. I could care less, you know, like my computer on my desktop right now. I don't care how it makes this podcast get recorded. I just <laughs> want to make sure that it does. But that's me. Some people, depending on their strengths or their area of talent, really want to delve deep into that and understand how each component works. And I had to mature as a coach and get a little bit better and a little bit more polished in, in my pitch when I talk to those individuals about Strengths Finder. So selfishly, I always ask that question during this podcast because it allows me to go back and re-listen to the interview and think, hmm, yeah, I really like what he or she said. I'm going to start leading with that instead of my garbled mess. Of- <laughs> <laughs> well, in a training setting, I've also found it's working really great to be able to say, you know, here's what we're going to do. Here's how we'll kick it off. You know, the the link that I talked about, if you're an assessment skeptic, here here's where you can find out more about the stuff that's behind it. And then inside of there, there's even the deeper link to the validity document if they want to get really nitty gritty into the assessment itself and the design and and validation through statistics and research. Because I'm like you, I just, at this point, I trust Gallup. I've seen it for so many years. I read that at one point way back when, and that's not of interest to me yet. I see people needing it. And one thing that's so great is doing that on the front end, giving them the time to dig into whatever they need and want to dig into or even email questions. Then when you kick off the event, it can be the live somebody with woo, you can appreciate kind of the jazz hands moment. You want to kick off with a hot opening and make it really energetic. You don't want to kick it off like, well, this is how we studied it and this is how valid it is. And the P value was this. I think they would all fall asleep at the beginning. So that can all be handled up front. And then the event itself can just be energy bringing. Yeah, I actually drifted off as you made that voice. (laughs) No, I agree. And I'm going to start actually copying your success in that because normally how I move forward with my coaching is when somebody hires me, we go back and forth. I usually talk to the manager. I have that conversation with the manager, but then they bring in their whole team and I'm just repeating myself. And it's really an awkward time for me some because you do have some skeptics that are right there staring you in the eyes physically in front of you. But also it's a huge time waster and it's not productive because we're wasting time learning about our strengths and learning how to apply them by me constantly having try to explain how it works. Hey, Lisa, is there a story that sticks out in your mind of some someone that you've seen completely transform either in your professional work or in your family? I'll tell you about a personal experience. Um, yeah. I was, I was training in a training, like delivering training, uh, facilitating a training class about 15 years ago. And participants kept coming up to me, just event after event, telling me how much it impacted them, how natural I seemed, how much I smiled and enjoyed it. And, and that just kept happening. And at the time, I was just like, oh, that's so nice of them. Oh, it feels good to be useful. And I didn't think that much about it. It was a really small moment should have been bigger. And I hadn't fully been exposed to strengths kind of work then. And pretty quickly, I moved into a management role, started moving away from my strengths. Over the years had gone in and out of roles that tapped into my strengths. And I guess I'm just a slow learner. But it was (laughs) it was strengths finder that helped me connect to that relearning and say, oh, I see why when I look back at the peaks and valleys of my career, I can really understand what was going on. And it wasn't that StrengthsFinder is just the vehicle that opens up the thoughts and that gives you the language and gives you the way to go back and 
think through your experiences. And I had this huge aha moment just a couple of years ago where I found this feedback form from a training class. It was like 15 years old. And a person had written, you smile from the inside. And reading it in that moment, I must have thought it was kind of cool because I kept it and I found it in a file all these years later. And it just turned me into a sappy baby because <laughs> it was just a big strengths realization where I, I thought, you know, when I'm in my flow, I add so much value to people and, um, and they could see it just coming out of me. And it was such a simple note, but it said a lot about where I was in that moment and how I was showing up to the world. And so that was a big life-changing moment when I saw that sheet again, because it just made me think, you know, strengths only. I'm, I'm going to find that inside smile again. I'm going to figure out what that was and how I lost it. And kind of what Andy was talking about before, it's that low, when you have those low points, when you're going through your peaks and valleys of your life or your career, when you're open to seeing what you've been missing. And it was just a very big moment of resolve. Like I'm not going to take roles for title or money or ego. Mm -hmm. And oh, by the way, it's so nice. It actually kind of follows when you follow your talents anyhow. But that mm -hmm. led me to focus on training and speaking and on this strengths topic full time and not keep moving away from it because of what I think traditionally people would value as success or what a career path is supposed to look like. Because I think in the back of my mind at some point, I kept thinking in my career, well, I need to move on from this. I've, I've done that. I, I need to get what's next instead of just being brilliant at it and loving it. So that's been really life-changing for me. I was looking through your strengths again as you were talking, Lisa, because that quote, you smile from the inside. Of course, that makes me think of positivity. Yeah. But but um, that, surely. There's, a, there's an element of strategic and maximizer in there too. I mean, you smile from the inside because you see the path and that makes you confident. And your maximizer is always looking for what's better, right? Yeah. And I, and I look back on those moments and all those things you said, and I could link it to woo because in, in training events, a lot of it is looking for that visual feedback. Like, am I winning them over? Are they digging this idea? Did I say it in a way that worked for them? What else do I need to do? And then that with individualization, it's the same thing. Can I take this big message and make it hit home for every person? What do I need to do to say it that makes that person light up who's been sitting in the corner, you know, feet up on the desk, arms crossed, or, you know, just imagine that one person who doesn't want to have a good experience today. And how can I reach that person? And that challenge of doing that is so big. It just feeds every one of my even top, I claim about 11, um, top. And I look at that list and go, yeah, this, that's why I need to be living in this role. And it makes so much sense and it feels so good, but I just kept dismissing it, discarding it. Good stuff. Man, I love doing this podcast. I'm never going to stop doing this because awesome. it is awesome because you meet so many people that just bring some solid insights and advice and they can tell stories that just allow you to see their progression, but also things you can pull from that story and apply to your life. So Lisa, this has not been the exception. Thank you so much for being on the show. But I did want to ask you, so you know, we have millions of listeners, Grace. Is that what it is? Millions now? Millions. Yeah. yeah. Million, yeah. Millions. They're just not always tuning in, but that's okay. <laughs> they will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but those who do listen and tune in that want to contact you and learn more about what Lisa Cummings can offer them, how do they reach you? No, they can find me on leadthroughstrengths.com. I also have a podcast by the same name. 
And uh, if you're on Twitter, I'm at Lisa Cummings and I'm on LinkedIn at the LinkedIn slash in slash Lisa Cummings. So any of those places, come say hey. Awesome. And then before we leave, I wanted to know, uh, you filled out the interview form for this uh, on our website at UnleashedDrinks.com forward slash interview. And you did make reference to jumping out of a burning van. Can you explain <laughs> that a little bit? Just so... Just so I can wrap my head around what that looks like. Is there like. a song for that? <laughs> there should be, shouldn't there? Breaking the law, breaking the law. I don't know. Um, who knew you would get some Judas Priest on there today? Uh, I think they'd have to connect with me on Facebook to see that one. I can send you the picture. Yeah, for my 40th birthday, I decided it would be really fun to go to this stunt school and jump out of an exploding van and jump out of a uh, off of a two story deck uh, down onto I don't know like just imagine jumping off a two story building so it's a special effects company that does this stuff for movies so of course I really wasn't jumping out of the burning van the van was burning but I was in front of it the flames were not on me and you jump onto a mat but the the video and the images look so amazing and it was a total blast. Nothing says maximize like jumping out of a burning car. So <laughs> <laughs> live life to the fullest. That's, That's right. right. Lisa, thank you again for being on the show. We really do appreciate it. Grace, as always, thanks for joining us as a co-host. Absolutely. It was so much fun to talk to you, Lisa. Oh, one quick question. If you could pick one of your top five to take with you out of the burning van, which one would it be? Which top five strength? <laughs> I think individualization. That oh, that's my favorite. Yes. I just lead with that in every relationship and it's it's a big one. All right, everybody. As always, this is your host, Annie Sikolich. Thank you for listening to another episode of Thematics presented by UnleashStrengths.com. Be sure to subscribe. Go over to iTunes or visit UnleashStrengths.com forward slash iTunes. Hit that subscribe button. Listen to every episode. And if you like what you hear, I do ask that you leave us a positive review. It really helps our podcast grow. All right, everybody. Until next time, like I always say, stay addicted. Stay addicted.